are you ready? It's time. The inaugural Urban NerdCon is coming to Montgomery, Alabama, July 29th through the 31st. Blurds, nerds, and geeks from across the universe will converge on the capital city to see celebrity guests such as The Last Dragon, Tybok, Megan Tandy, and voice actor Dave Fennoy. Hey, how you doing? I'm voice actor Dave Fennoy with a shout out to all my geeks, freaks, and urban nerds. Just want to let you know, I'm going to be there and I want to meet you at the Urban NerdCon Gaming and Cosplay event. It's happening July 29th through the 31st in Montgomery, Alabama. Hope you want to meet me as much as I want to meet you. So join us by visiting TheUrbanNerdCon.net for ticket and vendor information. This will be the premier blurred event in the universe. TheUrbanNerdCon.net. Our heroes, our villains, our stories, everyone's con. See you there. You see Head & Shoulders has scalp shield technology protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. Number 15? Never not working. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Head & Shoulders scalp shield. Never not working. We are making the virtual HBCU experience available wherever you live through Stillman Online. We offer online degrees in business, criminal justice, psychology, and religion. Stillman also offers technology badges in cybersecurity and data analytics. You can participate in all student activities, fraternities and sororities, internships, graduation ceremonies, and much more. Apply for admission today at stillman.edu. Stillman College, where we prepare you for a different world. Now you can live in Texas and not have a good red meat blend. Texas Cowboy Dust is designed for steak and other red meats. It's out to be my most popular spice blend, made with onions, peppers, ground mushrooms, pink salt, and other spices. Texas Cowboy Dust also goes great with chicken, pork, vegetables, and has a restaurant-quality sheen to gravies and sauces. everyone welcome to this week's edition of the coles brown show right here on the black college sports network may 21st boy this year's going fast and pretty soon it'll be swag baseball tournament action then you're looking at fall camp football season will be here and then the end of the year will be here quickly coming up 
on today's Carlos Brown show, the guest menu looks like this, May 21st, 2022. Charles Edmond joins me uh, for the first hour. He's going to be coming to you live from uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, where I'm at. Charles Edmond, hour number one, for one hour. Kyle Mosley joins me at the bottom of the first hour, which will be uh, 11.30 Central Standard Time, Eastern Standard Time, 12.30. Then Coach Van Petaway, the top of the hour, hour number two. And then last but not least, he's a field goal kicker. He's a student athlete from Southern University. Luke Jackson joins me to round out the guest menu. Quickly give you some news and notes, then we'll take the first time out and then be joined by uh, the first guest of today's show. Uh, thoughts and prayers go out to the uh, Southern University uh, football student athlete family, uh, Calvin McGee, uh, former Southern University great tight end, uh, played in the uh, NFL. Mainly, I remember him at the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers. Uh, he passed away uh, yesterday. Um, thoughts and prayers go out to uh, the Southern University uh, family. He was a tremendous uh, football player, um, went on uh, to be an assistant head coach throughout uh, college football. So he, he he's going to be missed. And when you talk about maybe Calvin McGee, the prototype, the typical first modern-day tight end that was actually not only a blocker, and because, you know, most tight ends were known as an extra offensive lineman, but uh, he was very athletic, uh, very talented, and was a total package, could block. But I, I would say that his strength was a, a receiving tight end. So thoughts and prayers go out to uh, the family of Calvin McGee and the Southern University uh, family. Southern University baseball team in first place in the Western Division. Boy, don't look now, but the Jaguars are on a, a tremendous winning streak. They're high, albeit those midweek games wasn't successful, but where it counts in the conference play, uh, they swept Prairie View last weekend, and they're up two games to zero against Alcorn State. So congratulations to the Southern baseball team. They're moving in the right direction. Swag baseball tournament coming up uh, very shortly. Matter of fact, next Wednesday it starts. Also, Southern University has been busy in the football program. Uh, some tremendous transfers uh, that Southern has added. Jason Dumas, uh, previously at Prairie View and a native of uh, Louisiana St. James High School, uh, Noah Bowden, quarterback from Grambling State University, former Grambling State University, now transferring to Southern University. And now I'm going to practice on this name, Zefano May. I think that's a hell of an effort there, although it could be wrong. Uh, a three-star uh, linebacker transfer from the University of Colorado. He joins uh, the Southern University football program. And there's one more. Uh, I'm going to tell you about as well. Also, the Swag Baseball Tournament, and give credit to Charles Edmond on the call of the softball tournament. He said the Swag Baseball Tournament starting 2023 will be back in New Orleans, Louisiana. That's great. We'll get all particular with him very shortly. Also, 
congratulations to Prairie View and them, the 2022 softball tournament champions. With that being said, we'll take a timeout. When I come back, scheduled to be joined by Charles Edmond, we'll get things started. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. Vanilla smoked sea salt seasoning is for seafood. The tarragon and fennel bring out the natural sweetness in seafood. I also use it in rice dishes, on yams, asparagus, blueberry pancakes, and believe it or not, chocolate chip cookies. Vanilla smoked sea salt adds a salty and savory component to sweet dishes that create a symphony for the tongue. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. Full, but we Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Oh, we've got a Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. That's a pretty tight spot. Watch this. Of course your Buick parks itself. That's so you. It's just up here on the right. Of course you know where we're going. That's so you. Kind of got a success. And a head-up display. They're here. I hit the field. Warm up. You brought all these players in your Buick? Yeah. So you. It is. There's a Buick that fits your life. Because at the heart of every Buick SUV is you. Shop Melvin Online Women's Boutique to spice up your closet with trendy, unique looks. We have fashionable and chic looks at very affordable prices. Melvin Boutique offers free shipping all year long on all orders. Shop online at www.melvinboutique.com. That's www.melvinboutique.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Shop Melvin Online Women's Boutique. Here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working. <laughs> never not working. Never ever not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield, never not working. At CDW, we get speed as the new currency of success. Our team spends way too much time tending to outdated applications and software when they should be focused on driving application agility and innovation. CDW Amplify Development Services modernizes software and application development to help accelerate innovation and digital transformation. So you mean building new applications, UI, and mobile interfaces? Well, you said you needed to innovate more quickly. Oh, so he's a listener. To do more at scale, trust CDW Amplify Development Services. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service with Slowburn. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. It's more than a mobile lounge, it's an environment 
and an experience rich in history, luxury, and personality. An elegant extension of any celebration occasion. It's the perfect escape and meeting place. A space where you can relax or enjoy a shared passion. Have Slowburn plan your next big event or before you are planning to celebrate your win over your athletic rival, you can shop our collections at www.slowburnwaco.com. But if they want... Charles, welcome back to this week's edition of the Black College Sports Network. That was the sonic boom of the South, the number two band in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Charles, you agree with that? And you know you got some Jackson State fans uh, watching. <laughs> <laughs> Took a I, love shot that, there. I, I love that montage. Whatever the name of that is, when I hear it, I mean, I'll just whack bands, but that, that little piece right there, when they play that, it's just a lot of little stuff that I like for all the bands and stuff that they play. That that's probably top five for me when they when they play that and it's fifty thousand people at Memorial Stadium. That place is rocking. I, I really like that little montage. Well, guess what? I think it could be. It may be. It may be a record crowd when Southern comes to Jackson, Mississippi, October twenty ninth. And you know what? I'm going to try to come in style. I'm getting older now, but that day is my birthday. <laughs> and I will no, love nothing better than to have a victory at the end of the day. But I know it's going to be tough, but what an atmosphere. Charles, I think I'm going to come in style this year. I may have to bring out the limousine again and uh, <laughs> the entourage. I haven't had them in a while, at least since before the pandemic. So we shall see. Good, good morning, Charles. You're in baton rouge louisiana today yes i am i'm here for the final baseball game of the year um, for the braves and for southern university um it's, obviously it's been a tough season for reggie williams and, and and first year baseball coach but i have to say this for those Braves fans out there for the awkward nights that were a little upset about how the baseball team you know went through this season you know fear not because better times are coming 15 players when he walked in the door in August, no true catcher, no really just a handful of players playing their true position, having to move the pieces around. We only won two games. It didn't look good, but this team has a lot of fight and a lot of toughness in them. And I think that's something you can build on for next year. Reggie Williams never, you know, never pouted, never gave a bunch of excuses. He just went out and, and coached his team. And by the way, Reggie Williams played his college baseball at Southern University. His name is actually on yes. the uh, on the uh, on on the stuff here at Heinz uh, Field. So you know there was a lot of respect for Reggie Williams when he was a baseball player here, and he talked about you know life lessons he learned. I asked him about that yesterday, just you know just being in the swag and being at Southern University. So a, a lot of good stuff there. But uh, hey, baseball's coming to an end. Swag tournament starts next. Going to be a going to be a fun ride if we can dodge Mother Nature. 
Well, yeah, it's uh, looking at the forecast for next week. Mother Nature is undefeated, so it's going to be hit and miss, maybe more hits than misses, but they'll get through it. I mean, there have been previous years where you had to battle through the weather to to, to get it done, but um, it's going to be interesting, and we're going to talk about, get your perspective on a swag baseball uh, tournament, of course. Um, in my news and notes, I say congratulations to Prairie View and m softball uh, 2022 tournament champions. You had a chance to call all of the, those games. I got a chance to check out uh, uh, some of it. But um, Calvin McGee, in, in my news and notes, I talked about him. Charles, he passed away, um, a, a terrific assistant coach, played at Southern University. Uh, I talked about the prototypical or the modern uh, tight end who was actually, to me, it just in my opinion, very strong as, as far as a receiving tight end. I, I thought he was a total package. Um, he could block, and uh, wow, that, that's a tough situation. Uh, a couple of years older than me to, uh, you know, journey from this life. So I thought some prayers once uh, again. Um, uh, to Calvin McGee's family. Um, listening to the softball tournament, as we switch gears a little bit here, you, during the broadcast, I heard you mention that the SWAC baseball tournament for 2023 is coming back to New Orleans. And I believe I heard you say, Charles, and you could clarify this, um, that it's coming back to New Orleans, of course, but um, with, with some some upgrades. With New Orleans, I guess, uh, decided on a talk, talk about that. The, 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 if you can, those those upgrades and and the commissioner saying that, uh, hey, the, the swag baseball tournament will be back in New Orleans. And correct me if I'm wrong, Charles, for ended stay. Yeah, um, he did break the news at the softball tournament uh, last week, and I was kind of surprised to me. I didn't see that coming. Uh, going back to Wesley Barrow Stadium in 2023 with the idea of major upgrades with Wesley Barrow Stadium. Of course, MLB is a big part of that facility with the Urban Invitational. Um, I do know that there were some concerns from the SWAC baseball coaches about dugout size and just the grandstands, mm-hmm. just the the, the, the the amount of folks that it can hold. I don't think it's it's that as much as it is at the dugouts. The playing surface is turf. It's terrific. You know, you can have a, a, a drenching thunderstorm, and in 15 minutes you're playing again. So that's that's good. But the dugout size, and you can understand that because that facility was designed for youth baseball, not necessarily collegiate baseball. Um, I think the expansion of the dugouts is something that the coaches have been talking about for a while. Uh, but now I think that is it will probably happen. So I, I think, you know, hopefully New Orleans will be stick and stay. You know, you, you can stick and stay with New Orleans. I know there were some complaints about the cost. Of course, New Orleans is a tourist destination. You're paying for hotels and meals. And even getting to the ballpark, you know, gets getting, you know, from where most teams stay to the ballpark, there was some, you know, chatter about that. But I think mainly the concern was the dugouts. And, and that sort of thing. Uh, they do have an indoor batting cage where you can get your cuts. That's good. The, the field, the turf is good. But I think the dugout is the big issue. So I do think that, you know, if they get those things done, if they make those improvements and other modifications, 
I do feel like um, the coaches will be satisfied with that. Now, I've heard, of course, the tournament last year was supposed to be in Jackson, you know, at uh, mm-hmm. Smithville Stadium. And I was there a couple of weeks before the, before the tournament was supposed to be there and the modifications and improvements, they weren't ready. So that's why we went from Jackson to Huntsville. Um, but obviously Huntsville, it was a great crowd in Huntsville. According to the commissioner, he said just the attendance was, was really good. But I think they're going to give New Orleans another shot at it. And hopefully, you know, all those things will be done between now and, and, and 12 months from now. And we can, we can have a good time in New Orleans. So, Charles, you, from your understanding, it's not a lot of major upgrades. But, Jess, if I heard you correctly, and basically about the uh, the uh, dugout size and and maybe some uh, yeah. you know modifications to that. And then I know a few years ago, and and Carlos Coach Carlos James, who we had on a couple of weeks ago, I know he shared with me. And I don't know if this if, if this is the feelings that they have now. But remember, they were talking about the cost they felt like coming into to to the New Orleans area. Have you talked to any coaches? I guess that feel that way previously about the costs associated with, and I guess hotels, you know, and, and feeding the players, or is that something that maybe we shouldn't even be worried about? Well, I, I do think that, you know, when you're going to a tourist area like a, a Biloxi or Gulfport, New Orleans, it is going to be a little bit more uh, pricey than you would expect just because of the time of year. And it's a tourist destination. Um, I, I heard it two, three years ago about the cost. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure that probably next year, I mean, the way you know, everything's costing more now, unless you can negotiate a good rate somewhere, maybe the conference can get involved with that a little bit and try to help teams out. Um, I, I, I do think that's just something that is just the cost of doing business. Um, how much of a difference if, as compared to Jackson or Birmingham, you know, maybe a few dollars here or there. But I, I think it's just the fact that New Orleans, a big time uh, venue uh, in terms of just the city. Um, you know, the commissioner did mention that the attitude has changed about baseball. You know, it used to be the on-campus thing. And I will say this on the record, Carlos, that I told people at Southern last night, the day before, when the tournament was at Heinz Field, it was the best place it could be. And it never should have left Heinz Field. And I even mentioned that to, to the commissioner. But attitudes have changed over the years. You know, when it was in Huntsville, uh, you know, you, you like the sweet life, you know, the sweets, you know, you want to be, you know, up, up in the, up in the, the high cost areas and playing in, in a minor league ballpark. Uh, that's kind of the attitude right now, even though we're going back to new Orleans, I think the enjoyment in Huntsville, people did enjoy Huntsville, but I think, I think now it's just a different mindset um, in terms of costs and just in terms of, you know, what type of facility you want to play in. But I think they want to give New Orleans another crack at it. Um, and I, I think I think it's a good idea. Um, we'll see what the cost is going to look like next year. Let's see how those how, how these improvements go. I mean, but I think you, to me, in my own opinion, you can't beat New Orleans in most cases because it's just it's just a lot going on. But in baseball, you have very little time to see those things because you're playing you know, Wednesday, Thursday, you might be playing twice Friday, Saturday. There's not a lot of time to enjoy a lot of stuff, but still there's some time if you can make it happen, you know, to get away and enjoy the sights and sounds of the Crescent City. So, I, I you know, I think it's six and one, half a dozen in the other. It just depends on how you want to look at it. You know, I, I think giving New Orleans one more chance, I think is the right thing. We'll see how it plays out. 
we shall see. And speaking of the 2022 baseball tournament, which is scheduled to start uh, Wednesday, if I can make this quick maneuver, looking at the 2022 swag baseball standings. Charles, of course, it'll be uh, seeded teams one through four from the east, one through four from the west. And um, the latest information, Alabama State, we can we safely say they were they're the number one seed coming out of the Eastern Division, 21 and 7. Bethune Cookman, 19 and 10 in second place. FAMU, 18 and 11 in third place. And lo and behold, Jackson State. Uh, 15 and 14 in conference. And, you know, they started out very slow, but hot teams, Alabama State, six-game winning streak. But they were cooking on a two-game winning streak. And Jackson State on a five-game winning streak. Sometimes they they will say it's not how you start, but how you finish. And I'm greedy. I want you to start well in the beginning, in the end, and even in the middle. That's called consistency. And that's what we look at. But um, Alabama State, congratulations, Eastern Division champion. So, Charles, in the West, Southern on a two-game winning streak because they've still struggled with those those uh, middle games of the week. But 29 within the conference, they're hot. Texas Southern, 19-10 and 10 in second place. Grambling State, 19-10. and 10. I'm sure there's a tiebreaker there. And uh, Prairie View A&M, 18 and 11. They're on a six-game losing streak. So, Charles, with that being said, Alabama State versus Prairie View. Yep. Um, we, we, Alabama State did lock up the East yesterday. If uh, Texas Southern beats Prairie View today, Prairie View will be the four seed in the West. And so you mm-hmm. can set that match up. Uh, Bama State and Preview. Southern University, they at least clinched the one seed yesterday. They will take on Jackson State Wednesday at three o'clock. Get your wow. popcorn ready for that one. Wow. Get your yeah. popcorn yeah. ready, ladies. I'm saying this right now. Get your popcorn and peanuts ready to go Wednesday at three o'clock, weather permitting, in Birmingham. That's gonna be a lot of fireworks. I can I can promise you that already. So those match that matchup is already you know pretty much set. Jackson was the four seed. They weren't going anywhere. They weren't moving up. They weren't falling out. But Southern University clinches the one seed. The only question now is the two three seeds in each division. Um, you know, Grambling and Texas Southern. I think it's a three three uh, between those two teams during the regular years. So you got to go into that second tiebreaker. So that'll have to be unraveled a little bit. And then of course Bethune Cookman. Florida A&M, one game separates those teams in the East. I can't remember, you know, going into this week, Carlos, this weekend, which was Thursday through today, there was only mm-hmm. one seed set, and that was the fourth seed in the East, Jackson State. You didn't know who else was going to be seeded where. And so I think this was probably the most uncertainty going into the final weekend that we've seen. But it's it's kind of cleared itself up a little bit uh, a couple of days later. So I'm, I'm really looking forward – you know, to the tournament coming up because just like softball, there's so much uncertainty. You know, can Southern win it again? Jackson State on the other side of the fence. They went 24-0 last year, didn't get there. Now they've won five in a row and they're a four seed. You overlook them to your detriment. Then there's the other piece, Carlos. You just talked about Alabama State. 
You remember Alabama State, what they went through last year? COVID. They were decimated. Their roster was decimated due to COVID. They only had, I think, 12 or 13 players available when Alcorn eliminated them. And Alabama State was one of the hottest teams in the country coming into the tournament last year. So you know Coach Vasquez and his team is, is chomping at the bit, ready to prove that, you know, we deserve where we're going to be. And so that's just one of many storylines. And then, of course, Bethune and Florida A&M first year in the conference, they're going to be in the tournament, a whole new dynamic, you know, playing in the SWAC tournament. And then Texas Southern, one of the top teams in the country in stolen bases and doubles. Mike Robb's going to challenge you with his speed. So just a lot. And then Shamar Page, who threw a perfect game, that pitching, can Grandlin's pitching hold up? So I do think, Carlos, you know, the last couple of days, I think, is a precursor to this tournament. I think Grambling beat UAPB 18 to 13. Um, Jackson State scored 27 runs yesterday, even though it was Mississippi Valley. I think you're going to see that type of fireworks come tournament time. And I said it weeks ago, and I stand by it. This will probably be the highest scoring swag baseball tournament we've ever seen. Get your popcorn ready, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be a lot of offense in Birmingham starting Wednesday. I'm almost ashamed to ask this question. Who who will have the, the best pitching? And, and and I know good pitching always is a factor with a good hitting team, but going by what you your prediction, it's going to be high scoring. And you know what? I, I think it for the most part in the last few years, I think in the tournament has always been, you know, some high scoring games. Then you, then you had some games that were close, but is it foolish to say who, which team can put together, put together the best pitching, and then how important is the bullpen uh, is going to be? Um, I, I think right now, and just this is my first time looking at Southern University. Okay, so when I look at Southern University, I look at a team that's got some pop in the bat. I mean, they had a grand slam the other night. Um, I mean, I think Southern's got the bats. And I think Southern has some pretty good depth pitching-wise as well. I think maybe two of the deepest pitching staffs, I think Southern and Alabama State. Coach Vasquez wants to keep it four to three. I think Southern can go either way. I think Southern, they've got the bats to score as many runs as, as they need to score. And there are a lot of arms we haven't seen, and we may see them today being senior day. I don't know. But uh, I, I think Southern, what I've seen, my first look at Southern University, they're a team that can challenge you and they're a team that can hit the ball out of the ballpark. Now, good pitching always thwarts good hitting. We'll see. And, with, you know, with that Southern Jackson, I think it's going to be a lot of runs scored because Jackson, they're scoring a ton of runs. And even though they struggle out of the gates, it looked like they're scoring a lot of runs. But, again, I'm always concerned, can their pitching hold up when you get by their number one, when you go to their third pitcher in the bullpen, that's when things fall off the plate for them. Uh, but I think Southern is a team that can that can match up e- either way. I would say Southern, Bama State, and maybe a Bethune, Cookman, or FAMU, the top three pitching staffs, I would see uh, in the SWAC tournament. We'll see if that holds up because once all bets are off, once you get deep into these teams' bullpen, and I think that's what's going to happen, and that's why I think you're going to see the escalation of these scores probably starting late Wednesday and then Thursday and then Friday. Well, I appreciate everyone who's watching. And um, uh, Ralph Holly, he is a baseball to me. I, I want to say a guru, but uh, he says Bama State and Bethune Cookman has 
the pitching edge. Uh, let me say good morning to everyone who's watching. Then we'll get a quick timeout. Then we'll go to our next guest, Kyle Mosley. Uh, Theo Duke, he says, hey, cuz. Hey, cousin. <laughs> That's my cousin. Theo Quest Major, Avis Heath, Sean Derek Perkins, Kawani Gibson Ash, good morning. Jamar Scott, good morning. Chuck Hunt, good morning. Michael Cavalier, good morning. Terrence Graves, good morning. And Ralph Holland. Going to take a timeout. When I come back, I'll visit with Kyle Mosley, and we'll see if we can uh, get Charles Edmund back. You're watching the Colos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. picks up messes quicker and each sheet is two times more absorbent so you can use less he's an eight he's a nine bounty the quicker picker upper are you ready it's time the inaugural urban nerdcon is coming to montgomery alabama july 29th through the 31st blurds nerds and geeks from across the universe will converge on the capital city to see celebrity guests such as the last dragon tybok megan tandy and voice actor Dave hey, how you doing? I'm voice actor Dave Fenoy with a shout out to all my geeks, freaks, and urban nerds. Just want to let you know I'm going to be there and I want to meet you at the Urban Nerd Con Gaming and Cosplay event. It's happening July 29th through the 31st in Montgomery, Alabama. Hope you want to meet me as much as I want to meet you. So join us by visiting theurbannerdcon.net for ticket and vendor information. This will be the premier blurred event in the universe. TheUrbanNerdCon.net. Our heroes, our villains, our stories, everyone's con. See you there. You see, Head & Shoulders has a scalp shield technology protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. Number 15? Never not working. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Head and shoulder scalp shield. Never not working. We are making the virtual HBCU experience available wherever you live through Stillman Online. We offer online degrees in business, criminal justice, psychology, and religion. Stillman also offers technology badges in cybersecurity and data analytics. You can participate in all student activities, fraternities and sororities, internships, graduation ceremonies, and much more. Apply for admission today at stillman.edu. Stillman College, where we prepare you for a different world. 
Now you can live in Texas and not have a good red meat blend. Texas Cowboy Dust is designed for steak and other red meats. It's out to be my most popular spice blend, made with onions, peppers, ground mushrooms, pink salt, and other spices. Texas Cowboy Dust also goes great with chicken, pork, vegetables, and has a restaurant quality sheen to gravies and sauces. <laughs> It's like a loop machine. Going around town, trying to get down. This week's edition of the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Yours truly, joined by Charles Edmund of the Alcorn State Radio Network. And our next guest, he has so many outstanding <laughs> titles. <laughs> Kyle Mosley. <laughs> Good morning, Kyle. You, you, hey, hey, just you call me Slash. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, Carlos? <laughs> I, I, I'm doing all right. Um, I, I know you do a lot of uh, articles, podcasts. For those who maybe don't know you, and I'm sure they do, um, mention some of those uh, those podcasts and articles and and, and and who you're with oh well look first of all thank you for having me on again mr brown and uh, uh look guys I have a 17 year old, he's going to college next year. So I have to be able to do all these shows, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> I understand. So we are with uh, Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation where I am the chief editor as well as the managing uh, uh, editor of the Saints News Network, Pelicans Scoop, as well as the HBCU legends. And right now, uh, I just, I don't have any more to be able to give when, when it comes to that, Carlos, because I'll start growing some hair. So <laughs> I understand. <laughs> yeah, look, look, and, and also we do the Blow the Whistle podcast uh, featuring HBCU sports and the Bayou Blitz podcast for the New Orleans Saints. Well, that is a lot. You have a lot on your table, but hey, you're great at it. And uh, hey, Thank appreciate you. you having you back on uh, again, again. And uh, hopefully it'll be a, a, a great relationship where we get you on as much as possible. With that being said, the last time we talked, maybe a month ago, uh, mm. you were talking about potential uh, uh, players from HBCUs getting drafted. There, there, there were four, and then there's a a great amount of uh, undrafted free agents. So right. with that being said, y y your thoughts uh, on, on the four players that were drafted, is that about where you thought it would be? Did you think it would be more? Where right. are you on, on this situation? 
I still believe that six to seven guys should have been drafted, right? I think right now, let me preface it like this. I spoke to Doug Williams right after the draft, and Doug said it's a step in the right direction. He wasn't overly enthused, but he knew that this was progress to be made. And you have 20-plus young men who were undrafted, free agents found themselves on some sort of professional team. If it's not only NFL, it's also CFL and now XFL and USFL, right? So you have a lot of the talent that's getting some opportunities and that's what you want, just an opportunity. And you can seize the opportunity once you get there. So you take a look at what Felix Harper from Alcorn State, the quarterback was able to do, got his tryout, Seized his opportunity, signed on the dotted line, three point something million dollars, right? Uh, you look yes. at Will Adams from Virginia State, got his opportunity. Well, and Will was kind of fortunate enough, he had several different clubs that were vying for his talent, right? So he first, I think it was the Colts or someone, then it was the Dolphins, then he finally decided to go with the Commanders ironically who's a part of the commanders doug williams and i think he parlayed his contract was it a three-year deal three point something million dollars yeah so man that's when you look at that that's better than a lot of the undrafted rookie contracts that most of these guys from power fives are going to sign so you have to believe that right now the hbcu talent is making a mark. They're proving themselves in some of these mini camps. I know D. Anderson, C.J. Holmes, as well yeah. as a young tight end from Jackson State was in the New Orleans Saints mini camp. They haven't been signed yet, but I think D. Anderson is still in New Orleans hoping and, and to see if the Saints, when OTAs open up, uh, yeah, this coming week, that uh, they will have a chance to be a part of the off-season training program. So what do I make of what's happening thus far? Yes, progress. Happy for these young men. Uh, a, a couple of those guys are landing on USFL teams. Uh, I think I, you have to applaud the USFL for this. They had mm -hmm. 48 roster spots. They opened it up extra two spots per team. You have two young men from Tennessee State. Ram, uh, Corey Raymond and Graham, they are on the USFL New Orleans Breakers team. I love it. And you had a couple other young men who are from HBCUs, found spots on uh, USFL teams. Then you have The Rock, who has opened up this uh, showcase that's going to take place, right? Uh, I think Jackson State is going to host one, and you have one in Texas and a couple other spots, right? So you have a couple of guys like Michael Badjo, who should have been drafted, had a lot of teams interested in him. He is now a part of the showcase. He got an exemptions to be a part of the Texas showcase. So you have a lot of these guys who are now getting opportunities. You have some guys who even signed up in the CFL. So, yes, professional leagues are taking notice of the talent. I think this is the, the track that we'd like to see, but 
I think next season you're going to have more and more that will land spots in the National Football League. I'm visiting with uh, Kyle Mosley, Charles Emmon, and, and, and my next point I want to cover with, and it's open to both uh, of my guests. And, and, and Kyle, I was going to ask you about the USFL and the XFL, but you've, you've, you, you've covered that. But I guess I want to tie it in with more opportunities. I would agree. Progress has been made. Look for more progress to be made. As far as general managers, and we talk about African-Americans maybe getting more shots at that position and then even at the top, maybe getting some ownership by African-Americans. Guys, how important is it to have African-Americans Americans in those two uh, positions as owners and, and GMs? And I think that will help. Charles, what do you think about that? I mean, I think it's definitely a step in the right direction. I mean, if you look at the Cleveland Browns, for example, I mean, you look at where Felix Harper is. I mean, who mm-hmm. thought that Felix Harper would get what he got right off the bat? I mean, that yes. is, I mean, it, it is impressive. For I mean, the Browns just signed Deshaun Watson for $250 million. So you look at Felix Harper coming right behind that, his athleticism, what he can do with his feet, Deshaun Watson kind of the same way. So he obviously impressed the Cleveland Browns brass there. You have an African-American general manager there. Uh, I think if you look at other places like in Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys have a guy that's kind of Jerry Jones's third yeah. third rail. And so, I mean, so I think it's great that we're in those positions. And I think those individuals understand the HBCU talent. And so I do think what Doug Williams said, step in the right direction. I agree. Uh, I think a lot of our fans, though, Kyle, expected – the four days of the draft to, to hear eight or nine or 10 guys' names called sixth round, seventh round. I think that's kind of what our fans expected. But I'm glad that we're get, getting the tracks, whether it's the XFL, whether it's the CFL. It doesn't really matter. Once you get in, you have to prove yourself once once you're there. But I think a lot of our fans are, were expecting more the four days of the NFL draft, considering we were shut out last year. But I'm glad that we're in this place is a Quill Glass getting a shot in Tampa Bay, playing behind the GOAT. That's going to be interesting to see how that's going to play out. But he's getting some good good reviews there. So for me, you know, you get these uh, guys in the front office that understand the talent, and I think that's a definitely a maybe even a bigger step in the right direction. Yeah. And, wow. and look, up in Minnesota, what do you guys have there? A, a talented young African-American general manager. Detroit. Right. They, they selected James Houston, sixth round, right? Uh, and mm-hmm. I think he made it a point to select an HBCU player. Uh, I think he said his mama would have uh, gotten on him if he didn't, right? So, but nobody better <laughs> yeah, to mom. select than James Houston, the problem himself. And he has had some rave reviews early on in his camp. Uh, the young man who's African-American, general manager at Chicago, selects uh, Jatari Carter from Southern University. So you see the influence right there. And I think Terry Fontenot has done some uh, uh, bringing on some of those guys, undrafted free agents over Atlanta as well. Now, I had a conversation with Byron Allen a few months ago. And Byron Allen, who the NFL 
and he told me he signed a non-disclosure agreement with those guys. So what does that tell you? That he is interested in that Denver uh, Broncos ownership. So ownership, yeah. I think ownership has to be a part of the next step, right? How can we become majority ownerships uh, of some of these franchises, which have long time been family owned or conglomerates like up in uh, the Packers and things to that nature. So right now we have to be able to find a way to position uh, if the opportunities do open up to find the ownership. And I heard Magic Johnson is also a part of a contingency that's vying for that Denver Broncos ownership as well. Opportunities. That's what I've heard from both of you. And then the next step, ownership, GMs. You have some in place right now. So progress, but also we need to continue uh, that process. You know, very interesting. Uh, Quickly, Kyle, Marquise Bell. Now, many people have told me that's who they really thought, you know, like for someone who didn't get drafted, they thought should have, but landing with yes. with, with Dallas, um, a great situation from him for him. Yeah, Dan Quinn can be able to use his talent. He can be able to groom the young man. Uh, you, you talked about a six three, six four uh, safety, right? Just like Will Adams, tall, lanky, long, and. When you get into the NFL training system, you're only going to bulk up and get faster and better. And I think under Dan Quinn, who has been legendary in developing talent, especially with defensive backs, uh, especially when Chris Rashad was with him, uh, who's now over at the New Orleans Saints, I think right now Marquise is set up and positioned well to latch on with the Cowboys. Um, I was surprised that he did mm-hmm. not get drafted. I really was surprised. I thought if anyone for sure, he would have been one of the uh, top draft choices. But you have to applaud Joshua Williams, uh, Jacoby Durant, those guys and Carter getting on as well as Houston getting on with teams. It is going to be interesting to see and to uh, follow guys the progress with those that got drafted. Uh, undrafted free agents, just to see their progress. And again, you, you're thankful for the opportunity. Now they they have to prove their themselves. Uh, Kyle and Charles, the New Orleans Saints. Now I, I, I'll preface this by saying I know Charles is not a New Orleans Saints. That's not his NFL football <laughs> team, uh, Charles. But I, I know you pull for them. Just <laughs> look at Charles. Now, Charles, who's who's your team, Charles? The, the Los Angeles Rams. The Los Angeles Rams. Am, All right, good I am team. From St. Louis, just a little background. I am from St. Louis. The Rams were in St. Louis, the greatest show on turf right. with Kurt Warner and all that. Even though they right. left St. Louis, they shouldn't have, by the way. And the NFL settled that suit uh, with the with with uh, owner Cronky. But the Rams are my team. The Super Bowl champs. They went all in, and it paid off. Look, you have to applaud the Rams. James Shaq Harris, old Ram, right? And he was right there giving the uh, Hallis Trophy to the Rams at the NFC Championship game. So, yeah, you have to applaud the Rams. I I do remember the Saints did win their first playoff game ever over the Rams. I was right there in the Superdome when that happened. So that was a good one. 
Look at Charles and that little smirk on his face. I'm not going to bring up <laughs> that playoff game because, you know what, I, I, you know, I, I got to work on my blood pressure there. But just thinking about <laughs> that, that no call, that's enough. Oh, man. I already don't have any hair if I pull my hair off. I, but I will uh, say it. Well, we got away with one. I, I have to agree. That was a bad no call. Oh, that really, Charles? That was highly yes, wrong. Yes, sir. I give credit. Well, for credit. As, that was bad. That was bad. That yeah, was a bad as no well. Call. We'll take it. But in in the sport <laughs> of sportsmanship, that call should have been made. I agree with that. Absolutely. Yeah. We got away with. Yeah. One. Look, a lot of the who that nation shall agree with you on that one, man. Yeah. Uh, that was the most egregious non-call in professional sports history and yes. i don't know what two referees could not have been looking at yes. <laughs> so yes. it just doesn't make yeah. sense yeah. yeah i wasn't bragging uh, about uh, that one carlos i will say that because that that's one we were very fortunate on, on that because that call should have been made i agree you you yeah. better not steve stevie wonder called me and said he even he <laughs> um, saw that that was a horrible, horrible, a horrible, a horrible call, a, a no call, yeah. shall we say. But, um, where, where I'm going with this now is the, the, the New Orleans Saints, and that's kind of why I was kind of teasing at Charles. I, I, I knew he, he, the Saints was not his number one team. But, Kyle, they've made some major moves. Uh, the Honey Badger, Jarvis Landry. And I feel like I'm missing somebody. But um, talk about the additions that they've made in the offseason. And then Jameis Winston, just quietly, uh, I think ahead of schedule, if I could say that, as far as with, with the injury that he had at the end of the season uh, last year. Yeah. Yeah, my team wrote – a lot about this this past couple of weeks. Uh, Jarvis Landry and Hundy Badger, think about this. Two native New Orleanians who went to LSU, successful careers in the National Football League, returned back home, right? And get this, they're still in their prime. They're not outside of uh, the prime. They don't have the walkers yet, like Drew Brees has. Uh, but uh, these guys are ready and still can contribute at a high level. And there's been some discussion. I, I know that uh, Landry wants OBJ to come to New Orleans, but I think with that ACL injury, he's still a, a, lo a long time away from being able to contribute, man. You know, uh, I'm not even sure if the Saints, with all the money that they have de uh, dedicated thus far, would even uh, touch that subject. But all in all, I like what the New Orleans Saints have quietly have done to assemble a really solid team defensively. Now, offensively, where you have, uh, I like how uh, Landry said, you have a problem defending Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, as well as himself in that receiving core for the New Orleans Saints. And we can't forget Deontay Hardy, who's a, uh, a big threat down the field. You have Marquez Calloway, you have Traquan Smith as well, and they have a, a, a plethora of young talent that's out there on the rookie training camp that you guys don't even know about that these guys can really make a name for themselves as well. So I like what the Saints have done. Uh, Mickey Loomis and his team put together a pretty impressive offseason, especially to whittle down 70 million dollars over the cap to yeah, go yeah. 30 million 
down and to be able to sign all these guys and not cut one player, very impressive. And, and also, Taysom Hill, I love the move. Tight end, because I thought that was an area that I'm, I'm accustomed, you know, the Saints utilizing when Drew Brees is there, the tight end. Taysom Hill now, I, very intriguing move. I, I, I like it. Kyle, you think that's yeah. going to be a move that we look back maybe at the end of the season as a beneficial move? He's a nightmare matchup as well. Think about any nickel cornerback, any linebacker who's going to be one-on-one Taysom Hill down the seams. Now, a lot of people forget Taysom Hill still runs a 4-5. He and Alvin Kamara, as well as Deontay Hardy, are the fastest guys on the New Orleans Saints team. All right. So that gives a a lot of leeway as far as playmaking ability. Plus, Taysom is a very decent blocker as well. They still have a lot to – I would say that tight end situation is still in question. Right. You have Nick Vernett who returns, who he's just a journeyman. Holtz is a journeyman. Uh, you have young Juwan Johnson who transitioned from wide receiver to tight end. Uh, you have the young guy out of Dayton who uh, had an up and down rookie season. But I, I still think they still have to playmaker ability in Johnson as well as uh, Adam Troutman. Uh, to be able to go down the field, it's who's going to be consistent enough to block on uh, on a game. Uh, I'll say two to three plays per uh, offensive series, and that guy may be Taysom Hill. Uh, Charles, I, I got a message from uh, for you. Well, a comment. I think you know him, Cedric Tillman. Oh. Says who that Charles Edmund in, in, in the comments. <laughs> Well, look, man, it would have been great to have Cedric Tillman come to New Orleans at one time, man, but uh, that's a great player, man. True. He was awesome. Yeah. Well, we have we have a guy that, that does our sideline named Cedric Tillman. He's our sideline reporter for the Braves oh. uh, Network. But he is an okay. avid Saints. He, he is a diehard Saints fan. Him and I get He's into it all man. the time about the Saints. Yes. But, but I, I, I will yeah. say this, though. All those offensive pieces are great, but in my opinion, from my vantage point, it all falls on Jameis Winston. Two years, $28 million. He has to be the Jameis Winston that he was last year when the Saints started 5-1 and one, and he got hurt and everything just kind of fell to pieces. He's got to be that guy because if not, then the Saints are going to be looking for another quarterback. That's why I only gave him a couple of years because I think it's just a short-term fix for right now. It's a good, good move. But it's all on Jameis. I, you got to have a guy yeah. that can push the ball down the field. He can do that. Just like Matthew Stafford, that was a heck of a gamble. It paid off. The Saints are hoping yeah, I, that Jameis Winston can be that guy like he was last year when they started 5-1 and one with the new pieces that they yeah. have to add to what they started out last year. Yeah, I agree with you, Charles. I mean, think about what Jameis was able to do early on if it were not for that Devin White tackle horse collar tackle on him uh he probably would have had one of these uh mvp type uh seasons right um Jameis, i, I caution myself to say this it's not going to all be on Jameis, and i think 
a lot of the talent that they have surrounding him gives him the opportunity to succeed. And that's what you want as a quarterback, just that opportunity to have people who can be able to get open, pass the ball, and be effective in your position, right? The question comes in, what's going to happen with Alvin Kamara? Will Kamara be suspended from that Las Vegas situation? We don't know. It's been quiet. I think he didn't have any appearances at the two supposed hearings that they were going to have, and they rescheduled. Right. So Kamara going forward, if he's out a number of games, that's why the New Orleans Saints had to be able to get some other skilled players to be able to give Winston as well as that offense a chance to succeed. Yeah, the young his name is Case the, the young guy they uh, signed from uh Baylor, I believe. I think he was a free Abraham um, Abram yeah. Smith. Abram and, Smith, and, yes. And, Yes, sir. And then I think um, Daryl Williams, I think they've had maybe some conversations. Conversations. Right. That's why I said conversations. And so I agree with both, both of you. I think it's, look, Jameis Winston, before the injury, he, he kind of managed the game, although I was a guy that said, come on, Sean Payton, turn him loose. Because let's face it, everybody brings up the 30 touchdowns that he threw at Tampa Bay, but in the same breath, and I'm looking at you, Charles, he threw 30 interceptions. So, you know, a lot of people think about that. But from what I saw, turn him loose, a new coaching staff, he could throw it down the field. He's got a lot of more toys to play with. It's just a matter of chemistry and and the injury. If he's close to 100%, my humble opinion only, I think he'll do just fine. Now, with that being said, the pieces around him, you got to develop that. And then next time, Kyle, when we have you on, let's look at the defense because I'm an old defensive guy as well. And um, yeah. you know, they've, they've done some um, additions there and some subtractions. But defensively, I thought they were outstanding the last, last year. The offense that, was the last the, two years. Yeah. The last two years, Carlos, uh, that defense was top 10. And I think right now, if you look at Dennis Allen, <laughs> now he has free reign as not only a head coach, but defensive coordinators uh, going to listen to what he has to say to to kind of further that defensive long, right? Sean Payton did hold Jameis Winston back, and he did mention that uh, they were just kind of still feeling them, their weight. I knew it. Uh, you know, early on, they were kind of feeling their way. (laughs) He was, he was scared to unleash. And I still recall that uh, New England game where Jameis just threw up the ball (laughs) into the end zone. It was a touchdown. And the Washington game at the end of the half where he just tossed it down and it was a touchdown to Marquez Callaway. Sean Payton couldn't say anything, but okay. All right, I got you. And James said it was all about God. It was all about God. <laughs> yeah, hey, you got to have a little uh, look every now and then in, in, a, in a football game. You, you remember Franco Harris? Maybe a little bit before you guys' time, maybe not. Oh, no. Uh, no, no I, I, know. I was right there yeah. crying when he caught that ball. <laughs> yeah. Because I wanted the I Raiders mean, to win. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I, I guess my, my second team that I'll pull for is, is even now Pittsburgh Steelers. So, got quite a few. You know, Louisiana's an interesting state. 
you know, in North Louisiana, my best friend, you know, they show cowboy games. You got a lot of Dallas yeah. fans in Baton Rouge. You got New Orleans fans. And then I would say third is Pittsburgh. No Charles, not the St. Louis Rams. They would probably be whew, way down at the bottom, <laughs> uh, and along with Atlanta and Dallas as, you know, rivals for the Saints. But anyway, closing comments for this segment, guys. Uh, well, for me, well, uh, yeah. first, go ahead, Charles. I'm sorry. Oh, the only the only thing you know for me with Sean Payton, you talked about that holding Jameis back. The question is, will the playbook be a little bit more wide open with with Dennis Allen running the show? If that's the case, that's good news for Saints fans in terms of the offense because the weapons are there. That was kind of my concern, you know, in this offseason. Will the playbook be different? It will be a little bit, but you got to utilize the, the the weapons that you have there, and that's that's the question for me. Well, Kyle. think about this. Sean Payton leaves. Pete Carmichael stays. The offensive mm. coordinator, coordinator who sat under him for, what, 16 seasons, right? So, therefore, you have the continuity that remains, the play strategies, the implementation of the offensive strategy and schemes. That was Pete Carmichael as well. He sat right there in that room with Drew Brees as well as part uh, – Sean Payton, when it came down to getting things squared away, and he knows that offensive very well. A lot of people fail to realize this one point. When Sean Payton was out for that season, Drew Brees still nearly threw for 5,000 yards. Uh, when he was out for a number of games due to COVID, as well as he was injured a couple of times, that was Pete Carmichael call, play calling that really got the team up and rolling. So Pete Carmichael still has the ability to to put some points on the board. I think Sean Payton got a little conservative in his last couple of years. <laughs> so <laughs> he would never admit that, but it's true. No, you can see there was a difference in how he was play called. I wonder if yeah. that though, but I mean, I know we got to go, but I'm just wondering, because I talked with my best friend Cedric Tillman about that. I wonder, was that because of Drew Brees' age? in his limited mobility that the play calling changed because you didn't have, because Drew was not that guy in terms of beating you with his legs. Did that change the play calling because of that? Or was his arm strength? You know, that's a good question. Uh, but I noticed, I noticed the play calling started to modify before that 2017 season. Uh, and you started to see Sean Payton, who used to be very aggressive and take chances, became very reserved sometimes in his his chances. You know, um, that that's just my opinion. But I I have seen and read and talked to people who have echoed this opinion as well. So I would I, I would agree. I would agree. I'm telling you, sometimes it's a love hate thing. Coach Payton, you're loving the death. He did a great job, but sometimes he would just pull your hair out if he had any. You know, some, some, some of the same, but guess what? Hey, I'm I'm an armchair quarterback. I'm no coach. But, you know, the emotional part is like, wow, come on, really? But uh, I think they have a great opportunity. And, and I'm pulling for Winston uh, like no other because, you know, I understand, again, the Tampa Bay situation, you know, he, he, throwing those 30 touchdowns, they talk about the interceptions, you know, 
Sean Payton was like, okay, we just, in my opinion, wanted them to manage the game. Don't hurt the team. Yeah. But I, I think now being in the system, and I appreciate what he said, he learned uh, sitting behind Drew Brees and, and, and his dedication to the game. You can't question it. But uh, turn him loose. Turn him loose. <laughs> you know, you, you got to have a threat that can now throw it downfield, and that's his, his strength. But um, studying the game – that year behind Drew Brees, I think it really gave uh, Jameis a, a different change of, of the mindset. The injury as well, Carlos. The injury yeah. really has turned his his uh, love and passion for the game. You know, he said, I love – before, I loved playing the game, but I figured out after I was injured, I really loved the game. And I, I, I want to see what he is able to accomplish. I, and I think he's going to do well in 2022. Yeah, tough schedule in a way, but it looks like everybody, Tampa Bay, uh, the Rams, defending champions, they're going to have a tough, tough schedule. Charles, yeah, they may really be a better tough. team, but the record may not show it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but it, 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 it should be interesting. Uh, okay, so you you look at that division. You you don't have Russell Wilson. He's in Denver. Okay, it looks like Jimmy Garoppolo. Based on what I read this morning, it looks like Trey Lance might be starting at quarterback for the 49ers. Uh, you don't know what's going to happen over to Arizona. It looks like they might have kissed and made up there. Um, mm. The Rams looks like they're going to open up against Buffalo at home. That's not going to be easy. Mm. So I hey, yeah. this is the National Football League. There is no gimmies and. You know, Aaron Donald said, let's run it back. Um, you don't know what's what's going to happen with OBJ. Will OBJ be back? I mean, so it's it's going to be different. And and just because you want it all and just because your division doesn't have the same stuff doesn't mean it's going to be a free pass. You know, so, I, hey, I'm concerned. I'm We're the defending champs, but I am concerned with this Rams team. Well, Charles, bit, you know. Charles, you I heard uh, Aaron – yeah, Aaron Donald said he wanted what over thirty million dollars, or he was going to retire, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that <laughs> he's worth <laughs> it, but but can't can't can the Rams do that and without sacrificing some other stuff? I do think they will pull that trigger because it's Aaron Donald. But then, what do yeah. you give up in other areas if OBJ doesn't come back? You need another wide receiver. Um, you know your running game. You're running Cam. You had Cam Akers. You got to that running game's got to get better. I mean, so there's mm-hmm. there's some question marks with this Rams team, even though they hoisted that trophy. I'm not all that comfortable with what I'm seeing because <laughs> the Rams they went all in and it paid off. But now you got to run it back and do it again. And now you you don't you pay your guys, but then you're you don't have any draft picks um, to build for the future. I mean, so come on you now, mortgage, you know. You mortgaged everything to win that championship. You got it. Tell them to strap it on. It is going to <laughs> you are now the hunted, and that's the way it is. And, and yeah. um, I'm still after the Rams, Charles. I'm still after. But, uh, just tell them to strap it on, sir. Yeah. No, yeah. no excuses. You want to run it back? Go no. ahead. I agree. I, I agree. I'm, I'm just as a Rams fan. I'm. I'm happy. I was celebrating, but now as we get ready for camp and the OTAs, I am concerned. As I look at that roster. That, that's all I'm saying. 
I agree with you. You should be. Interesting. <laughs> well, I appreciate everyone coming on on today's show. Uh, let's do it again real soon. Everyone uh, continue to uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Charles, have a great broadcast. And Kyle, we'll talk again soon. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thank you. Appreciate you guys it. take Carlos, care. Be safe. All right. You guys as well. Going to take a quick timeout when I come back. We'll join the coach, Coach Van Petaway. He's going to talk some NBA playoffs. Wow. Why am I worried? I told Charles he should be worried. I'm worried the Miami <laughs> Heat, they won the first game against the Celtics. You knew the Celtics were going to respond. And, you know, Tatum is the, the new guy that's made the jump. He's in a superstar. But what about Jimmy Butler? Can Carlos Brown be objective and talk about the Miami Heat because that's his favorite team? Yes, he can. I'll talk to Pat Riley. He texted me before the show started. I'm going to talk to him real quick before uh, we come back with uh, more of the Carlos Brown show. I want a victory tonight. It is going to be tough. The Boston Arena will be rocking. We'll see what Miami is made of. How do you adjust like the Celtics did off of a loss and the heat, a 25-point loss? They should be chomping at the bit tonight. And then Dallas, what happened? I fell asleep. Yeah, I'm middle-aged now. I fell asleep. Dallas was winning. <laughs> and Golden State comes back and um, wins this ball game. They're down 2-0. But I think Dallas may be all right back in Dallas. So Coach Petaway will talk about that coming next. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food like jerk, chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock in downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. That's a pretty tight spot. Watch this. Of course your view parks itself. That's so you. It's just up here on the right. Of course you know where we're going. That's so you. Kind of got a six cents. And a head-up display. They're here. Hit hey, the field. Warm up. You brought all these players in your Buick? Yeah. So you. It is. There's a Buick that fits your life. Because at the heart of every Buick SUV is you. Shop Velvet Online Women's Boutique to spice up your closet with trendy, unique looks. We have fashionable and chic looks at very affordable prices. Velvet Boutique offers free shipping all year long on all orders. Shop online at www.melvetboutique.com. That's www.melvetboutique.com. 
like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram. Shop Melbourne Online Women's Boutique. You work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working. <laughs> never not working. Never ever not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield, never not working. At CDW, we get speed as the new currency of success. Our team spends way too much time tending to outdated applications and software when they should be focused on driving application agility and innovation. CDW Amplify Development Services modernizes software and application development to help accelerate innovation and digital transformation. So you mean building new applications, UI, and mobile interfaces? Well, you said you needed to innovate more quickly. Oh, so he's a listener. To do more at scale, trust CDW Amplify Development Services. From Welcome back to this week's edition of the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. You saw that place. Well, first of all, let me introduce my next guest, Coach Van Petaway. Coach, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Carlos. I hope everybody's doing well. Doing well. Um, Guess what? You saw that clip. That was in Lorman. That is one of the toughest places to play football-wise. And I know you've talked about uh, the Whitney Arena, the basketball, but it's something about at the at, on all Corn State's campus. That's a tough place to play. Uh, beautiful campus. Wow, I've had some bad memories there. That was the SWAC championships two years in a row. Yeah, well, Jaguars go there and they lost. Well, I had a, a bad experience there also uh, with our football team. Uh, we lost on the last play of the game uh, where we thought we had a, mm-hmm. a touchdown pass in the back of the end zone, and they ruled it a no catch. But uh, that is a very <laughs> tough place to play, not only in, in football. I think it's in all sports. I, I think, And I think a lot of it has to do with uh, location. Uh, you know, yeah. you, you, your, your teams are, are not close to there. So uh, your, game day, your game day procedure at, at Lorman, is different from anywhere else in the, in the conference. I I understand that because uh, a couple of times that I went during a regular season, I kind of stayed in Vicksburg, and you know you right. just kind of drive you know drive down if I'm saying it right to 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 to, to Lorman. And uh, matter of fact, that year I saw I want to say Prairie View's band. I don't know. Maybe Prairie View was playing, maybe Jackson State or something. But their 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 band was in the hotel where I was at in Vicksburg. So uh, right, you can either been- do Vicksburg or Natchez. Uh, uh, a few years we should stay in Natchez because uh, what I learned to do uh, when we came down to play Alcorn after the game, we were going down to Baton Rouge because you know that was our next game. So I'd rather spend yeah. all that time in 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 Baton Rouge than than to be. Uh, but going back to Vicksburg, so so uh, we we've tried it both ways. We've tried it in in uh, Vicksburg, 
We tried it in Natchez. And, uh, but the one thing that we did find, no matter what you do, end up in Baton Rouge that night. Yeah. yeah. And it, it made the trip a lot better. Yep. Yeah, and, and the traffic at night is, is much better than in the daytime, Coach. Oh, yeah. My goodness. Yep. Yep. I'm ready to give up driving now. Oh. <laughs> I'm ready to give up driving. Yep. But speaking of tough places, let's start with the NBA playoff down to the Final Four. Uh, I, I'll preface this by saying everybody knows this. I, I'm a Miami Heat fan since 2006. It's going to be a tough yeah, I, I, atmosphere tonight. Yeah. You you got a great team. Uh, Miami's a good team. It's just that they, you know, I I, I did not see them allowing Boston to come in there and get a win. I, I was real disappointed in that. But when you look at it, Boston just played with more energy. Uh, I think them having Marcus Smart and, and Horford back, I think that really uh, rejuvenated that team. And they really got after Miami. And they didn't re- Miami just didn't respond. And see, I, I think with the Heat, you got to have more than just Jimmy Butler uh, on the offensive end. I, I think mm-hmm. some other people have to step up. But I think you all it might be in trouble now because if I'm reading this right, this morning they say P.J. Tucker and Kyle Lowry may be out for the night. So now if Tucker doesn't play, that's going to really hurt because he's he's that defensive stick that you all need on the floor. Uh, you're going to really miss his defense. And then, of course, uh, nobody shoots it out of the corner better than he than uh, Tucker does. So if, if he's not able to go, that's going to put a lot of pressure on some of these other people. Tyler Hero, uh, Max Strauss has to pick his game up. And then, of course, uh, Bam. Bam has got to be a – he's got to be – more aggressive on the offensive end. He's got to be able to give you all something out of the pick and roll and then even just posting up. He's got to be able to get, get some points on the on the block because you're going up against a team now that is very talented. Uh, the Celtics, mm-hmm. Jason, everybody's just talking about Jason Tatum. But to me, the key this year has been Al Hoff, Horford, uh, Robert Williams, and then Grant Williams. Those guys have really played a significant role in Boston being where they are this year, you know, because everybody wants to talk about Jalen Brown and Tatum and Smart. But it to me, it, I'm like Shaq, it's the others that I think uh, is the big key. And, and I think these guys have really played uh, – they played some inspired basketball, and it gives uh, Boston more versatility. And see, that that's mm-hmm. what – that's what Miami needs. They need more versatility. They can't just depend on Jimmy Butler because what, what, what they're doing now is says, okay, Jimmy, you get yours. We're going to shut these other guys down. And, and, and that's really what's happening right now. So uh, the Miami offense has to come up with more ways for other people to be involved in the game so that it's not easy to just key on uh, Jimmy Butler. I, I would agree with that. That's why you're on this show to give the analysis. And let me throw a couple of things out. I agree 100% with you. Uh, Duncan Robinson, Strauss. Duncan yep. Robinson hasn't really played in the playoffs, but a big contract. Right. He's a three-point specialist, but I think, and see, this is where I can be objective, None, un, uh, like others, like Charles Edmund. But they are a defensive liability to me. Those two, they will have to step it up. Number two, against a great defensive team like the Celtics, which Miami is as well, 
I think on offense, Miami tends to go in some games where they'll go in a lull, you know, scoring-wise. Coach, right. would it be possible for them to maybe emphasize more more ball movement? I know they do it, but they really need to do it now because that defensive pressure comes from Boston from all positions. They, they're almost like – you remember the Lakers team? They would always say we're positionless. And Miami right. was that way um, a, a few years ago. And to a certain extent, they are that way now. But you, you, you're right. The, the, the role player, Duncan Robinson, again, he hasn't really played. I know he's a defensive liability. But with Miami, it is – Boston offense is better to me scoring-wise than Miami. And then defense right. is, is great as well, Miami, not chopped liver. Go ahead, coach. Right. I, you, 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 yeah, you're right. But see, here's the difference. Uh, Boston mm-hmm. has the ball movement. They're counting on other people to help them score. They're not just relying on one person. And, and in mm-hmm. Miami's offense, that, that's why I said it. you, you got to get some other people involved. You got to get more than just Jimmy Butler because that's easier to defend when you only got one person that you have to worry about. That's why Bam has to be a uh, – he, he's got to be a – a, an aggressive force on the offensive end of the floor. He's got to do it out of the pick and roll, and he's got to do it on some post-ups. He's got to be more aggressive mm-hmm. to put pressure on the Boston Celtics because what's happening, Boston is they don't have to work as hard on, on defense because there's not much ball movement. They're standing around watching one, one guy trying to get his shot off, and, and, and at the same time, that's allowing the Celtics to rest. On the defensive end, yeah. so that's why you gotta have a better ball movement. The ball has you, you, it cannot stick. You gotta move the basketball. You gotta get other people involved on the offensive end of the floor. Defensively, you're doing pretty decent, but I don't. You're not scoring enough points to win the game. Right. So that's to me. To me, that's what that's what Miami has to do. They they got to get some easy basket. That's gonna come in transition. That's gonna come in some early posts. Uh, post-up moves, and uh, they just got to get busy because they're going to the garden, and that garden's going to be rocking tonight. So they, yes, they got to be ready to play. If Miami's not ready to play, uh, this is not going to be a very long series. And then you'll be you'll go down 2-1, and then that important next game, it, it, it definitely will be uh, right. a must-win. Let's see, Michael – Cavaliers say Celtics just have too much size for the Heat. Miami three-point shooters, especially off the bench, can't guard anyone. Bam and Butler will struggle with Boston's size. You know, I I don't think from a size standpoint, you tell me I could be wrong. I, I don't think it's the size part, but I just think they are. I would agree with you, Michael. Strauss, I said Strauss, and Robson who hadn't played, but Right, right. But 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 Carlos, Tyler Hero has to come through for them too. If if Miami was scoring more, the defensive their defensive liabilities wouldn't wouldn't shine as much. But see, you're not mm-hmm. getting enough points on the offensive end. But uh, so Mike, he's right. Uh, there are defensive liabilities, but if you can outscore the opponent, you're the people that you guard that's guarding you, then that's a draw. That's a wash. So, but they got to mm-hmm. get some offense. 
And it's got to come from Hero. It's got to come from Stroud. I'm not thinking about Duncan Robinson because he hadn't played in so long. So, but, but I'm talking about the people that have been on the floor for them. Some of them have to step up. They got to step up. They got to give Butler some help. And it starts in the middle with Bam. That's my opinion. That Bam has to get it started. I've made a note of that, Coach. I agree with you. And I'll throw in the X Factor, Victor Oladipo. Um, yep. You, you, you need all men on deck offensively. I got you, Coach. That is the big difference. But, but size-wise, I, I think they're more versatile. Because even Hartford, you look at him versus Bam, pretty much 6'10", 6'9". But Harvard, right. you know, plays out. Bam can play out. He he can bring the ball up. But to your point, they need him in the post. So that's a big yep. game tonight. Switch over to the other side in the Western Conference. Wow. Man, I Dallas blew their opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dallas blew their opportunity, Carlos. I, I, I think this is going to be a wash because they had an opportunity to win that basketball game. You're up by 19. Come on, man. You don't you don't let games like that slip away. But they changed the way, to me, they changed the way they played in the second half. You know, all the things that they were doing in the first half to get the lead, they went away from that in the second half. You know, they, they started doing something differently. The, uh, their pick, the pick and roll combination that they had going in the first half, they didn't even do it that much in the second half. They started attacking somebody up. They, they started going after Looney, thinking that he wasn't going to defend. And he did a great job. And see, that's the difference. Career high, uh, playoff high. Right, yeah. Well, and career high in terms of points. Okay. But see, here, here's the thing. When you got people stepping up like Looney, uh, Otto Porter, these, these are people that are coming off of their bench that are giving them great minutes. They're giving them scoring. They're giving them defense. And then, of course, when, when you talk about Otto Porter, he was a big difference. When they made that run last night in the in the third quarter with uh with both Draymond and Steph Curry on the bench, these are these other guys that they took the lead. You had Jordan other Poole, Otto Porter. Yep, and, yep. And then of course you still got Andrew Wiggins there. So when Draymond ran his mouth and ran himself out of the game, they didn't skip a beat. They got better. They got mm-hmm. better. And he needs to look at that because if he's not gonna be if he's not going to stay on the floor to help them, then they should be able to see that they can play without Draymond. And I think that's a good thing. Now, for on Dallas' side of the thing, man, they got to have somebody other than Luka and, and Bronson. See, Dinwiddie has to step up for them. Uh, Finney Smith has to step up. Dwight Powell has been missing. Reggie Bullock has to have a better game. They, these guys got to step up if Dallas is going to have a shot and I just think the ball stays in Lucas' hands too much. He's too ball oh, dominant, goodness. in my opinion. Yeah. They're not they're not getting enough. Uh, the other guys have not had him an opportunity to get into a rhythm because he has the ball all the time. And then he's passing it. Most of the time, they got to do a bailout shot. That's not how you get your rhythm. So from, on the Dallas side of the things, it's, it's got to be better ball movement. There's got to be some other people involved because when you go up against the Golden State Warriors, when they got Klay Thompson, Curry, Poole, all these people, and Andrew Wiggins, that's four people on the floor at one time that can score. They can score the basketball. And anytime you can get three or more players on the floor 
uh, that can score the ball, that's tough. That's tough no, no matter what level you're on from high school on up. When you got three or more people on the floor at the same time that can score the ball and they look to score, that's tough to defend. Well, Coach, it seems like your emphasis in your analysis has been you have your superstars, but ultimately the others, the role players, if you want to call them that. Right. They're so right. much important. They're so important. And, 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 and some of the um, announcers were talking about that role players tend to play better at home, at home versus on the road. Well, Boston's role players play well. And, and again, it, <laughs> Coach, it's, a, it, it's about – when you lose and the way you lose, you lost, how do you respond? You know, it's right. about adjustment. And how do you respond? I remember the Lakers. Yes, I was a Lakers fan back in the day with Magic them playing. In that Boston Garden, I believe it was Memorial Day, got slaughtered. But then they were able to respond. And that's what you right. look at. So with, with Dallas Sunday at home, Miami on the road, how do they respond, Coach? How do they make the adjustments? You laid it out what you thought uh, should should happen, Coach. Right. I, I think it's going to be these, these games this weekend, tonight is going to be pivotal. Tomorrow is going to be pivotal. With Dallas being at home, if they're not going to win it, if they don't win that game, that third game, that first game at their place, this series is over with for them. Golden State. Golden State is chomping at the bit. They've been there before. They got the experience. Uh, you know, their core players have already won championships. They're bringing these young guys along, and they're, they're fitting the blueprint. They're matching up to the blueprint that they've established out there at Golden State. And they, they, they get things done on the defensive end, but I think the biggest thing in Golden State's favor, they've got so many offensive weapons that scoring can come from anywhere. See, no, nobody, nobody expected uh, Looney to, to play the way he played last night on the offensive end, but he was the key. While they were struggling, he kept them in the game, and then, of course, a big part of that big run that they made. And then when we look at this other series with your Miami Heat, they took it in the mouth at home. Now they, need to, they have to have the right mentality going into the Boston Garden tonight. They got to go in there, and they, they got to play lights out. They got to go for it. They, they have to go for it. And and the other guys, you have to be a star in your role. They can, they can all be stars, but you have to be a star in your role. <clears throat> Excuse me, whatever your role is for that team, you have to do it. Well, on that note, I, I'm i going to ask you this. I kind of think I know the answer. In the finals, I'll say it and you agree or disagree. Boston versus Golden State. That's that's who you got? Well, that, that's what it looked. That's the way it's shaking out right now. <laughs> it's shaping out to be Golden State and Boston. And I think uh, Golden State would have the home court advantage. And uh, it's going to be rough when you got that many scores on the floor. Yeah. And, if it's and, a Boston-Golden and, State, I have to go with Golden State. And Boston is a tremendous. If you look at Milwaukee, Brooklyn, they won on the road. They've dropped, right. they've dropped the game at home, so very interesting. Well, Coach, I appreciate the analysis. Sometimes, hey, you've got to take it. I'm a Miami Heat fan. Your analysis was spot on. And, hey, 
if it doesn't work out for Miami, it's still my team. I still ride with them. Um, they've had a great season, but I haven't given up yet. I'm going to talk to Pat Riley after this show. See, me and Pat <laughs> have this middle uh, conversation, and he, you know, to yeah. me, he's still he's still heavily involved in in in, in the Miami Heat and Alonzo Mourning. Can we get Alonzo Mourning to play? No, he can't. Yeah, and they need him. They need him. And they need his toughness on the floor. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sending out a personal challenge to Bam. Play like you're going to get cut if you don't play well tonight. Right. Putting it on right. him. Jimmy can't do it by himself. Coach, continue to stay safe and be blessed, and uh, we'll talk next week. All righty. Well, uh, thank you, and uh, everybody stay safe, and God bless. Have a great day. And also, Coach, I want to talk to the new Alabama A&M Men's basketball coach. I'm gonna try to set that up for for next week if he's not too busy. I'll need your help. All right, well, if you could give me hey, give me a call and we'll work on it for you. We'll get it done. I sure will. Appreciate it, coach. Okay, man. All right. That was Coach Van Pedaway here on the Carlos Brown show. Gonna take a quick timeout and we'll spend the next few minutes talking to Luke Jackson. He's a student athlete at Southern University. He's on the football team, he's a field goal kicker. And uh, he had a tremendous year. I want to just talk to him about coming to Southern University, his plans, what he's doing in the offseason right now, and uh, him looking forward to uh, another football season, 2022, and um, his relationship with Coach Eric Dooley, Southern University. Of course, a new head football coach, Coach Dooley, comes back to the bluff. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. I'll be right back. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service with Slowburn. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. It's more than a mobile lounge, it's an environment and an experience rich in history luxury, and personality. An elegant extension of any celebration occasion. It's the perfect escape and meeting place. A space where you can relax or enjoy a shared passion. Have Slowburn plan your next big event or before you are planning to celebrate your win over your athletic rival, you can shop our collections at www.slowburnwaco.com but if they want, keep half. Uh, I'm going to do the dab, yeah. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. Nope. Nope. Come on, him? Ooh, I like him. Quicker picker upper. 
Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Are you ready? It's time. The inaugural Urban NerdCon is coming to Montgomery, Alabama, July 29th through the 31st. Blurds, nerds, and geeks from across the universe will converge on the capital city to see celebrity guests such as The Last Dragon, Tybok, Megan Tandy, and voice actor Dave Fenoy. Hey, how you doing? I'm voice actor Dave Fenoy with a shout-out to all my geeks, freaks, and urban nerds. Just want to let you know I'm going to be there, and I want to meet you at the Urban NerdCon Gaming and Cosplay event. It's happening July 29th through the 31st in Montgomery, Alabama. Hope you want to meet me as much as I want to meet you. So join us by visiting TheUrbanNerdCon.net for ticket and vendor information. This will be the premier blurred event in the universe. TheUrbanNerdCon.net. Our heroes, our villains, our stories, everyone's con. See you there. to my ears because if you know Southerns has struggled against Alcorn State and that was a last second a game winning field goal by my next guest Luke Jackson Luke I just want to personally thank you oh, that was an exciting moment to defeat Alcorn State and it had been quite a while but um, welcome appreciate you coming on welcome to the Carlos Brown show Happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. That moment, how was that? I know you probably lived it several times since it happened, but uh, just talk about uh, that last second field goal. You're, you, you know, a lot of people may not realize, you know, you're the kicker, but the snap has to be right, the protection up front, but um, an exciting moment for you. Uh, it felt amazing. It was just a dream come true to see all my dreams come to reality, everything I prayed for and put in the countless hours of hard work and all the determination leading up to that moment was just everything that I worked for finally paying off. And it was just a ball of excitement, finally getting to see what I've like prayed and prepared for. So it was a dream come true. 
Yeah, I, I can understand that. Now let's 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 go back. Um, you, you're at home now in Pennsylvania, but talk about your 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 recruitment coming to a, a, a Southern University. It was definitely a special one. Um, I always uh, say everything happens for a reason, and I'm a strong believer in that. I was committed to Monmouth University coming out of high school, a Division One FCS school in New Jersey. COVID happened. They took my scholarship away when their kicker and punter got another year of eligibility. And it was hard for me and my family just seeing like my dreams get crushed in front of my face due to a hard time and a pandemic. So, But I couldn't do anything about it. I was going to uh, commit to a, a junior college, and I went to the prep route. I got a full scholarship to go play at a prep school in Florida, a first-year program. Wasn't on the map or nothing. Just took a chance on myself. I bet on myself, and I had a great season. I went to a camp out there, met some great coaches, and I got ranked a five-star leading the camp in field goals. So after that, um, the money was still like hard to find, and I was offered by Coach Jason Rollins of Southern um, I had an offer from Alcorn and a couple other preferred walk-ons, but after doing my research, Southern was the best for me, and I committed to Southern right there. Wow, Alcorn as well. Alcorn is always on the scene. I, I think Southern and Alcorn stayed alike twins. They follow each other. Um, so with that being said, when you first stepped on the, on, on the campus, what, what, what was your thoughts um, about the about the campus and, and the city of Baton Rouge? Um, it kind of reminded me of my city, uh, Philadelphia. So it's just, I know it's a very historic um, campus and I've heard a lot of good things and I was just happy to get there and put the work in. Uh, I met some great guys right away, my teammates um, that I now live with. And it was just a blessing being able to, to fit right in and being loved as soon as I came in and just making an instant impact was a blessing. Yeah, I, I can definitely understand that, um, you know, being on the campus a, a lot of times brings back memory graduating uh, from there. So you, you kind of get into your fall camp your first year. Um, is there a, 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 a big step up for you? How much what's the difference going from, you know, the high school prep and then coming to uh, the FCS level? How, how did you prepare for that that first season? I strongly believe that the mental game is the biggest thing for me because I have a, a very strong and big family behind me that supports me in everything I do. So I knew whether I performed, won the job, did this or that, I knew they would have loved me and supported me either way. But I just think the growing up, the hard work that my parents have like put me through and the training and just pushed me to the best level really helped me succeed in life in the sports that I did. And coming in and being able to win the job um, – it was just a blessing, like I said, seeing all the hard work and the hours that I put in and seeing it finally paid off when I won the job. And it's, I heard coming to Southern, the, the, the fans, especially down south, love the game, love football. So it was just – it was exciting. Like I was very excited to get out there, and I knew I had to do everything I could to win the job, and I was ready, and I'm still ready. I understand every single season coming in back to the fall camp. It's going to be a battle for the job, but – to beat me out, you're going to have to get up earlier than me, and I get up 5 a.m. every day. So it's going to be hard to beat me, but I'm not going to beat. Yeah, because, you know, I looked at some of uh, uh, you preparing during uh, before you came in, well, we're, we're after you got to Southern University, and even now maybe I'm still looking at the same uh, video. But, yeah, I, you know, see you practicing, kicking, 
from you know a, a distance. With that being said, any moments that stick out from you from your, your first season? You mentioned about the fans. I agree. Um, some of the trips to other cities and other universities, uh, seeing their fan base, is there any moment that sticks out to you from last season? I would definitely say t- uh, the Texas Southern game was my true like first big game. And just being in that big stadium, coming around from, we never played in front of more than 250 people all of my life. So I've never been in front of a true crowd. But preparing, I know that's something that I could do coming into Southern University at the FCS level. But just seeing, playing against Mississippi Valley State in in the Jackson State Stadium, the fans going out to them, and even the home games, the, the Alcorn fans coming to travel all the way to us just to see their, their – um, team play and it's just I love how everybody from down south and this this whack really comes together and shows love for the team and comes out to support so what do your parents think about it um how many games were they able to uh attend and then I know the tailgating that's worth the price of admission uh, admission as well but uh, what were their thoughts on on southern and the hospitality and the season and the tailgating uh, all of that Leading up to it, they knew the same as me. They did their research, and they knew Southern was a spot for me. They, they loved the colors. They loved the atmosphere. We watched videos, the Bayou Classic. Everything was great, and we knew Southern was the perfect spot for me. But I think they attended two games. They came down. They surprised me for the FAMU game, and then they came to attend the Bayou Classic, which was a dream come true to finally for them finally to see me play in front of a big crowd and kicking two big field goals for my team in front of a lot of people. And they were very emotional just because of where I'm coming from and they know how hard I work, and they've seen all the hard work and hours finally paying off in front of a big crowd. Everything I've prayed for and dreamt of finally coming true. So it was a blessing to have them there. And then back home, even them and my cousins, everybody watching my games on TV, that's all I can ask for. That's a blessing. Yeah, it, it is. And when you look at the fan base, again, matched up with your hard work, I, they, they're very appreciative of, of you. Um now, of course, it's the off season, but I'm I'm betting you're still working hard. What are some of the things that you're you're working on to maybe improve to get ready for the 2022 fall season? I believe the two biggest things for me is my leg strength and my leg speed. I've been working continuously with my trainer back home, with uh, with some of the players I used to play with in high school, helping me uh, either return kickoffs or hold field goals for me. Just trying the best I can to get my body right for the next season, which will be my biggest one. Because like I said, how hard I work, I know. I like to speak my dreams into existence first, so I know it's possible of doing. But really working on just getting a faster leg swing um, and just getting a more explosive leg. And like again, the mental game is the hardest game for any kicker. I can tell you that. And just staying mentally strong is the hardest thing, but it's, it's going to pay off the most. If, if you have a strong mental game, no one can break you. And just like me, I don't think anybody can break me. I think I play in front of any, any crowd I want. It doesn't matter the capacity of the stadium and go out and do my job because I've done it a million times before. So, Well, and, and you know, uh, Luke, one of the things, and before you, you came on, you're talking about the mental toughness, but the, and the physical toughness, um, you're at home, of course, and it's pretty hot up there. How did you get adjusted to the – uh, heat and humidity, because I've talked to players in the past 
you know, coming maybe from that region, um, how, how did how did you deal with the heat and humidity? It's very hard to get used to the heat and, and the heat and humidity because coming where I'm from where I'm from up north, it's usually cold. The summer it gets hot, but it's still the humidity in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, is is tough. So even being down there, my body gets used to it. But I think it's really hard to get used to heat like that and get used to the intensity of the weather down there. But I love it. I love the heat. I love playing in the heat. Um, I think it's easier for a specialist to play in the in, in the heat. Obviously, the wind will affect things, and the cold weather will affect things. But I love the, the weather in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Visiting with Luke uh, Jackson, field goal kicker for Southern University, and now um, you got a new coach, Coach Dooley. He's new, but not new to Southern University. You know, coaching him for a um, a long time before, you know, moving on to a head coaching position, but now back at Southern University. Um, when uh, you found out he was going to be the coach, what were your thoughts? And then after meeting him, um, how, how do you feel about him now as far as with your relationship with, with Coach Dooley? It's an honor to play under Coach, coach Dooley. He came from a winning culture especially um, going back to Southern University. In the past, he's done great things with the team, with Pete Richardson, and he's a winning coach, and all he knows is how to do is win. And a guy like myself, I love to win. I hate to lose. So I think our personalities match up, and he's the, the perfect role model, the perfect coach we needed. He's, like I said, the winning background really is what Southern needs to get back on our feet, and he's the perfect guy for the job. I have a great relationship with him. He's strictly business. I'm strictly business, and – I think he's a perfect coach to take us back to the top, and I can't wait to get out there in the fall and play under him. Well, Luke, you're going to have a special moment. You mentioned a few minutes ago about no matter what uh, size of the crowd, game two, LSU, Tiger Stadium. I mean, hey, I, I think you got to be excited for that. You know, hopefully it's a game-winning field goal again or just an extra point. But playing in that atmosphere, that has to be exciting. Yes, sir. It's going to be a blessing. I've told my parents about the game. They're excited. I think they're going to fly down for that for that game on September 10th, I believe it is. But like I said, the, I, the, for me, it doesn't matter what crowd, the capacity. I'm going to go out and do what I do because I practiced a million times doing it, and I'm mentally prepared. I'm strong enough to go out and play in front of any crowd and do whatever I, I want and just help my team put points on the board or even win the game. Whatever comes my way, I'm ready to do it. Well, this part I always like to uh, ask the guests since, you know, I I like the geographical differences. I like the cultural differences. What, since you've been in Baton Rouge, what is your your favorite food that you uh, enjoyed in uh, in Baton Rouge? I'm I'm very curious to see. (laughs) Uh, I've I've got asked this question a lot coming where I'm from. like you said, a big difference in cultural and geographical location. I, I like the, the gumbo. Uh, I'm a big fan of gumbo, and I do like crawfish. It was my first time trying trying crawfish this spring that just passed. So that was, like I said, it, uh, my, my first thoughts were the, the smell is a little a little iffy, but then I tasted it, and it was great. I, I love crawfish and gumbo and all the food down south, especially in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, at, at Southern, is, is great. The, the, the cultural change is something I was easily adaptable to, and everything is great, and I love it. That That is very interesting. I've been here all my life, 
and I can't eat crawfish. So guess what? That's interesting <laughs> in itself. <laughs> but um, what do you look forward to the most? The absolute most thing. And then I'm actually about uh, your favorite NFL team and who's going to win the NBA championship. Mm, I'm very, I'm looking forward to just putting on a show from my, my team and just uh, most importantly, my family back home. I, they know what I go through on a daily basis and it's not easy. And being able to stay focused on the main goal, being so far from home, stuff happens when I'm away at school, but I can't come home right away because it's two flights away. And just staying locked in while I'm back home is the hardest thing to do, but is the easiest for me because I'm so locked in to where I want to be and what I want to do. So I'm definitely looking forward to the season, just putting on again for my family back home, just to make them proud is my biggest thing I want to do and put on a show. That's my goal. Yeah, I understand. Favorite NFL team, is it Philadelphia? Yes, sir, the Philadelphia Eagles. That was an easy one. That was an easy one. (laughs) Who wins the NBA championship this year? I don't know if you're an NBA fan, but. I am. I think it's going to be, I mean, I'm sad that my Sixers are gone last round, sadly, because issues with Joel Embiid. But I think the Golden State's going to win. It's just so hard to beat them. I don't think Luke is going to come back and bounce back and do it. I think Steph Curry and Jordan Poole and Clay Thompson are too dangerous right now. They're too hot coming off of the big blowout, or they were getting blown out last game, last night, I believe, and they came back and ended up blowing them out. It's just. It's too hard to beat Steph Curry and a team like that. I think Golden State's going to win it all. Well, I'm not going to ask you. Uh, I- I'm sure you- you're going for Boston because uh, guess what, Luke? My favorite team is the Miami Heat. And they <laughs> the Philadelphia. So we won't yes, ask you uh, that. But um, if you would like, um, if-, if you would like, uh, you've mentioned your parents, and I, I can see the, the strong bond, and, and you want to make them proud. Uh, if you want to, you can uh, – Give a special shout-out to them if you want to. If not, I, I understand. Yeah, I mean, I want to shout-out my – I would love to shout-out my parents on a daily basis. I don't feel like I have to shout-out them out just because they know the love I have for them and I know the love they have for me, but them always being there for me and just my family, my cousins, my aunts, my uncles, everybody that behind scenes is so supportive of me and just knowing where I'm coming from. And I just know the love and support I have from back home is what keeps me going on a daily basis and – I think family is the strongest thing you could have, the, the, the biggest motivation in the world, your uh, your family, your friends, your parents, most importantly. And that's all the motivation that I – the reason why I keep going every single day and family keeps me going. Hey, I can't top that. You're absolutely, absolutely right. Well, Luke, I appreciate you coming on. Um, appreciate you coming to Southern University and, um, hey – you're a student athlete. I'm sure you're going to do well both academically and on the athletic playing field. Uh, enjoy the rest of your uh, weekend. And, uh, hey, we'll see you shortly, 2022 yes, fall season. You'll be reporting to camp. But um, appreciate you coming on. Thank you for having me on. It was an honor. All right. The honor was mine as well. Thanks. That was uh, Luke Jackson kicker on the Sun University football team. Uh, Melanie, if we can, some uh, news and notes. I talked about earlier in the show, Sun University has some transfers uh, that have transferred into the program, and, and Southern really, Coach Doolin and his staff, they've, they've done a great job as far as uh, bringing in new talent into the Sun University football program, one being Jason 
Dumas, uh, Dumas from Prairie View and them. Coach, Coach Dooley has uh, a stake in that. He coached him, and um, he announced that he was coming to Southern University. That's huge. That is huge. Arguably, the defensive line for Southern University on potentially their tops in the conference. So congratulations to Jason Dumas, uh, engineering student. Also, Noah Bowden from Grambling State University. Wow. And I talked to Coach Bruce Eugene. I call him Coach. Uh, basically, Grambling State, his position, he was cut. And that's basically what he told me. And he was looking for a place to go. He's at Southern University. And wow, that quarterback position, what a battle. I've already been asked. Who's going to win it? Is Bowden going to win it? All I'm going to say is let the best man win. Competition, competition throughout. And then the last one, wow, I'm got to practice with this name. Zephana Man. Linebacker. Transferring in from the University of Colorado. Three-star linebacker. I'm going to have to practice on that name. But i tell you what, I'm going to try to get him on uh, pretty pretty soon here on the Carlos Brown show. But um, Zavana Maya, he transfers into Southern University from the University of Colorado. He'll be at Southern University. And then there's one more that time won't permit, but um, Southern University, they've been doing well. Now, you get these pieces in, you're going to fit those pieces in, the chemistry, all that, the bonding, the coaches, they said that they were still going into the transfer portal and the JUCO. They brought the pieces in. I know some of you contacted me about you. You were concerned. I, I never was. I, I wasn't concerned. Because, see, you still have the summer. You still have time left before the season starts. So it's going to be a, a very exciting 2022 football season. Of course, there's a lot of pressure to win. I understand that. Transfer portal, that's here for now. But NCAA committee has stated that they're going to kind of, you can transfer it all year. They're going to set a time limit where you can transfer in. That's going to be effective. NIL, there's situations with that the committee is looking at to, to do. So as always, I'm, I'm just going to say this. There's pressure to win. I understand. I know Institutions want to be the, on the cutting edge on the FCS level, HBCU level. But I always say, before you be the first of anything, be right. Be right. Uh, I want to thank Melody Edwards. I got that one right. Producer today's show. She's the producer of the Carlos Brown Show. Thank her for all the hard work. All the guests, Charles Edmund, Kyle Mosley, Coach Van Petaway, and Luke Jackson. And, of course, all of you that watch. Appreciate you. I really do. Until next Saturday for another edition of the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network starting at 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Until next time, as always, peace and God bless.